This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. Welcome to Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. On the show today, we're going to be talking about digital marketing in the healthcare and pharma industry. I know, I know it's a tricky field, a risky business. You know, right off the bat, you think of compliance issues. And, and depending on the product or the service you're talking about, you could even ask yourself, is this even allowed in Malaysia? Is this even ethical? Well, the pandemic has taught us the importance of digital transformation and digitalization. And this too applies to the healthcare and pharma industry. So to give us some insights into how to safely navigate digital marketing in the medical and pharma industry, I have online with me today, Jason Lim, the CEO of Stratgeist. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, Audrey, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to have you, Jason. Now, uh, before we actually jump into it, I want to talk about Stratgeist and your work within the healthcare industry. Uh, you know, maybe explain to us why you're the one talking to us about safely navigating digital marketing in the healthcare and pharma area. Thank you so much, Audrey. I think it's uh, really interesting that we start off there because it's really a little bit about how I got into healthcare marketing myself. And just by way of background, uh, before I started Strat Guys, I was actually running social media for companies like One Championship and Netflix. Mm-hmm. And if you can tell, the back, my background is from entertainment and uh, content creation uh, on social media. Now, this actually uh, gave me a very uh, interesting notion when I started looking at the healthcare industry. I was wondering, why is healthcare um, not marketing it um, in the same way or in a way that other other industries are? You know, why are they not cutting edge? You would think that something as big as healthcare, you know, is a multi-billion dollar industry, right? Why wouldn't it be at the forefront of this kind of technology and, and, and marketing? So... I looked into it and and I realized that, oh, that's because there are many, many reasons why they can't. Uh, They are basically hamstrung in in what they can do marketing-wise. And obviously, we all know health in healthcare, you can't market like you're just marketing to consumers, right? But then there's a lot of misinformation out there. And when the people with the right information can't market themselves or stay away from all forms of marketing and, and digital media content creation, then don't the naysayers win, right? Doesn't the misinformation win? Because the people who can have the information are not doing the right thing about it, right? So I started looking into all this and it became a really interesting puzzle that I wanted to to figure out together with my team. And I'm very, very blessed to have a team of uh, professionals in marketing who actually come from the, the medical industry as well. So between us, we sat down and we started figuring it out. And over the past... You know, six, seven years, it's been a very interesting journey in here. And uh, I hope today I get to share a little bit about that learning journey that we had. Right. Definitely, Jason. Now, uh, I'm wondering if all like this push towards digital marketing from the medical industry, uh, from healthcare, from pharma, did it like start during the pandemic or did it start to like, like, like fester during the pandemic? You know, what kind of exacerbated this need for digitalization when it came to when it came to marketing in this area? 
the, the thought process around using social media as a marketing tool uh, has definitely been festering for a long time, long before the pandemic hit. Uh, and I would like to, to say that, you know, throughout the, the years before the pandemic, we were fortunate to work with some very forward thinking marketing managers, uh, healthcare professionals, doctors themselves who knew that they needed to start this um, uh, growth curve on, on social media and digital marketing already. Now, we were working with these uh, groups of people who really wanted to use digital uh, to further the, the information that they were providing for the consumers. And then COVID hit, right? And COVID hit the medical and healthcare industry in more ways than just, um, you know, in, in, the, in the healthcare front, okay? Um, I think one of the, the things that a lot of healthcare professionals, as well as those especially those who own their own uh, private practices suddenly started realizing is that uh, everybody was going online to look for information and to look for things, you know, like for lack of the ability to communicate, to move around. Um, everybody was just doing that online. Right. And then the question mark was, how, how are they looking for me? Like, how do I appear online, right? And a lot of them suddenly now at the time to sit back and look at it and say, oh, I'm a little bit behind. It's time for me to look into this, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that's where a, a bulk of, uh, I saw an increase in terms of um, chatter as well as uh, uh, definitely inquiries coming to us. Um, the other part that, COVID hit the healthcare industry from a digital point of view was um, the pharmaceutical aspect of things, right? And pharmaceutical companies had uh, a twofold problem. One is that their sales reps could no longer go and see doctors, at least not for that period of time, which meant that they had to think of another way to reach out to doctors and a lot of them adopted digital things like webinars as well as online uh, engagements with the doctors. And suddenly they realized that there was a shortage of digital tools to help them, right? Videos, content, digitally uh, applied, uh, slideshows, and, you know, things like that. And I think uh, that was another reason why our phone started ringing. It's like, hey, you guys are the digital guys in the healthcare industry. Can you help us, right? Yeah, and I think last but not least, there was um, that push for better and more credible healthcare information online by consumers, mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. The debate rages on about vaccination and non-vaccination. You know, the, the debate rages on not just in that, but in so many different areas. And people just, you know, the, the, the market demands it that we have a good spread of this credible information out there uh, to combat misinformation. And I think with all that in place, uh, all this skyrocketed the need for good digital strategies and content uh, in the healthcare industry. Mm. You know, as far as I remember, Jason, um, the way healthcare players or, or medical organizations, hospitals, um, they've always communicated to consumers in a mass communication model, commercials and things like that, right? But now we find there's a need for personalization at scale when it comes to speaking with your customers, when um, everybody needs to be addressed in a customized or personalized way so that you feel like a brand is talking to you personally, right? That's like, that's basic now. That's a basic need now for consumers, right? So how does the healthcare and, and pharma industry go about doing this now? How have they changed that communication model from speaking to everyone to speaking to one person and addressing their needs? 
I'm not sure that they have changed that much yet. There's a oh. lot more. There's a lot more to do in the area. I think uh, a lot more strategies to unlock. And you know, if you want to look at the front runners, the forerunners of the concept of personalization, uh, take a look at what the e-commerce industry is doing. Right? Mm-hmm. E-commerce is insane. Like specific ads targeting things that you were only thinking about, and it's coming out on your social media feed. How? Right? Of course, you're you listening didn't know that. to us, Jason. There you go. There you go you, you you don't realize you mentioned it somewhere you 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 clicked on an ad you 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 search for it on google and it's coming out right and if you look at how they have managed to personalize it to the end goal of selling products right and and you think about how much mm, that can actually benefit people people who have uh, the need for good credible information related to a problem they might be facing and you realize that so much more can be done right so what i see happening right now and i am grateful to see this adoption is is the understanding that you can use uh, social media in a very targeted and specific way to provide information to people who need it most right what we need in our age group may be completely different from what our parents need but guess what? Our parents are also on Facebook, right? Mm. Our parents are also consuming YouTube, right? And guess what? Our children are as well, right? Now what they need to know about why they should be eating, why they shouldn't be eating too much sweets and confectionaries is not is unrelated to people our age, right? But that kind of information needs to get to them, right? So if you think about how medical and healthcare information is actually the epitome of personalization, how I'm feeling today is how I'm feeling. Like my health is really only mine. It's, it's impossible for us to say, oh, you're feeling the same thing as me. No, right? So um, that's really the epitome of personalization when it comes to that. And healthcare, uh, the healthcare industry as a whole uh, needs to get smarter about creating content and pushing it to the right people carefully. This is not government level messaging about everybody do this or everybody, you know, um, uh, be careful about diabetes or cholesterol. This is not government level messaging. This is information that a person needs. And how do we get it to them? First, you create it, right? You create it and then you use the right platform to drive it to the right person, right? If it's, if, if I can go just a little bit further about this concept of platforms, because I'm a very, very uh, big believer that, a piece of content is only as good as the platform that it goes out on, right? You have to make content that's specific to the platform. So if you want to target people that are searching for, you know, the answers to their problems and you want to make a video, you have to use YouTube because YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world, right? And people are looking for things that you need to be there to provide the information. But if you want to uh, talk to people, say, 45, 50 years and above, then you need to think about Facebook as a platform, right? If you want to talk to people that are slightly younger than that, you know, especially a strong, say, female audience, you need to go to Instagram, right? If you want to talk to people younger than that, but a growing pool that is is on TikTok, right? Then maybe you should make content that's specific for TikTok. And you and I both know that a TikTok video can't function on YouTube, right? Yeah. It's just made completely different, right? Yeah. Uh, it could function in a certain way on Facebook, but isn't it better if you make one for Facebook as well? So that's kind of the thinking behind it. Yeah. 
Right. Okay, we're going to come back to those platforms and channels in just a bit, but we're going to take a quick break for some messages. Uh, we'll also discuss how to safely navigate um, influences in the medical field as well. All that and more happening on Resource Centre with the CEO of Strat Guys, Jason Lim. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Bluff Free Medium, BFM 89.9. You are listening to Resource Centre. This is Audrey Raj. Online with me today, I have the CEO of Strat Guys, Jason Lim, and we are discussing how to safely navigate digital marketing and social media in the medical and pharma industry. Now, Jason, before the break, you were talking to us about choosing the right platform to kind of achieve personalization at scale when it comes to delivering medical, healthcare, pharma messages to your audience, right? I'm just wondering if there are channels or platforms that customers are more comfortable receiving this kind of information from as opposed to others because I don't know how I would feel about receiving um, medical information on TikTok but you know it could just be me and maybe it's just me being part of a segment that is not comfortable with that right so I'm just wondering if there are channels that are more um, comfortable for consumers than others. This is a really good question because Everybody who wants to market themselves or, you know, jump on the trend of providing the right kind of content on these platforms, that's the first thing that comes to their mind, right? Where should I um, put my content? Mm. Uh, let me start by saying that it's undoubtedly the biggest educational platform in the world today is YouTube, right? And we cannot ignore the fact that that is one of the first few places people go to learn anything, Right, everything from cooking to riding a bicycle, people go to YouTube for the content. Right? Wouldn't they go there to find out about the health information that they need? Why wouldn't they go there and Google a symptom that they are facing? Right? So there's a very uh, strong um, uh, argument to ensure that your content that's going out on YouTube is well done and is in the right place and is properly titled, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, YouTube content is not that easy to make. They tend to be longer. They tend to be, you know, podcast style, like what we're talking about right now. It tends to be need a bit of recording and a little bit of editing and things like that, right? So then what other platforms work? So let me address um, the what you just mentioned earlier with regards to getting medical content on a platform like TikTok, mm. okay? Um, I love TikTok, right? TikTok has given marketers that that push on uh, organic push that we've been missing for so long ever since the heydays of uh, Facebook, right? Uh, and here's the interesting thing about TikTok, right? TikTok is actually gunning to be an educational platform as well, right? Sure, it started with teenagers dancing and it's, there's still a lot of that going on, right? But TikTok has by far the most addictive algorithm in the world, right? There's no other algorithm like TikTok. And that's why, you know, in the recent um, uh, discussions that uh, the CEO had with the US Congress, he talked about ensuring the safeguards for younger children because they are the most prone to be addicted to it, right? So uh, I'm not going to delve into that, man. I am going to say that because uh, you got to look at the platform and not assume who's on it because if you look at the 
biggest and fastest growing demographic on TikTok is people above 35. What? Right? It's people above 35 that are flocking to TikTok. And it's not just them. It's how addictive. It's the best algorithm. It's the culmination of everything we have learned from Facebook, from Snapchat, from Instagram, from everything else. Right? So should we use a platform like that to put out medical and healthcare information? I say yes. Right? Because that's where the attention of people is today. And you want it to be most accessible to them. Do you want to put a 15 minute long video on TikTok? No, right? You want a minute and a half, right? You want, you know, uh, that kind of time span with enough bite-sized stuff. So it's more important to think if this is the platform I'm using, what kind of content am I making to fit this platform? It can be YouTube, go for seven to 10 minutes and above, right? It can be TikTok, go for one and a half minutes and below, right? And so on and so forth. I could go on all day on the different platforms. <laughs> Now, um, the medical and pharma industry is heavily regulated around the world, um, even here in Malaysia and I'm sure in Singapore as well. Can we talk about some of the challenges when it comes to uh, marketing on social media for pharma companies, for med medical professionals? Can we talk about some of the red tape and some of the challenges? Absolutely, yeah. Regulation is a good thing. First of all, I must say that, okay, uh, we don't want rampant advertising and things that would actually uh, sway a consumer's uh, decision making uh, just based on advertising, right? And I can't speak for the rest of the world, but Singapore and Malaysia have very similar uh, advertising guidelines when it comes to health, healthcare professionals and pharmaceuticals, right? And what we need to understand is that when someone looks at social media or just digital media as a whole, as a platform for advertising, the end goal needs to be adjusted. Now, one of the reasons why uh, pharmaceutical companies uh, face a lot of compliance issues when it comes to this is really because uh, of, of the product that they are making, right? Um, it by necessity should be prescribed or recommended by a healthcare professional. Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah, especially for the drugs that, you know, are listed as doctors only in terms of prescribing, right? Um, so what we want to ensure is that uh, what the government at least wants to ensure, the governing bodies want to ensure is that products like that are not marketed indiscriminately to the general public, right? So if you are in this platform and you need to be able to uh, put up some information, but the guidelines disallow you from doing that, then the question is, how else can you help? So remember just now I said that the first thing you must do is to shift your mindset about why you're marketing. If the marketing is to an end goal uh, of a purchase of a drug, then that's a very bad reason to be going on digital marketing. I mm. personally think so. Because spend more time uh, working with your direct, you know, the doctors and people who actually consume your product and can dispense it, right? But if the purpose of digital marketing is adjusted slightly to become a more altruistic purpose of disease education and awareness, right? And to help people to understand that for the problem that you are facing or your loved one is facing, there is actually hope. There is actually help. And you can seek it and you can ask them. You don't have to use brand names and all that, but you can tell them that for this thing that is going on, let me provide you credible medical information 
about how you can seek help, how you can be treated uh, and how it can, you know, you can basically either be cured or, or be helped to manage that, that particular uh, disease, right? And I think when you, when you see digital in that lens of providing people with good, credible information for them to make good decisions uh, and to work with their healthcare professional, uh, it changes the game for uh, the medical industry as a whole. Now, I, I want to talk about the over-sensationalizing of um, certain issues. I mean, because, I, I, you know, of course, there's also misinformation and disinformation as well, right? When you deal with this, there's always bad actors out there who are, you know, either posing as medical professionals or are just releasing information that is maybe not certified or maybe not authentic. You know, we saw how ivermectin infamously caused a stir during the COVID crisis, right? So how how do we then manage that situation with over-sensationalizing, with misinformation, with disinformation, being out on the same platform as legitimate and authentic information? Okay. So um, in answer to that question, I must first of all say I'm not a healthcare professional, right? It's my job to help healthcare professionals to get the information out there. Uh, doctors are doctors. They're great at being doctors. It's my job to help them uh, because um, they might need some help in terms of putting out the content or making, making the right content for the right platform that we talked about earlier, right? So Ivermectin was an interesting study in how um, absolutely viral, non-credible information can go, right? And I think just by saying this, I'm probably dividing and polarizing the audience right now because mm. everybody has read how that was, um, you know, touted as the big, the big answer, right? Uh, here's my take on it. I not being a doctor, have no opinion either way on that, right? But what I really wanted to do was to let healthcare professionals who have spent their entire lifetime studying this subject, these drugs, these infectious diseases, I wanted them to have a voice, right? So I went to them and I made content with them and we, we put it all out on a very, you know, probably the fastest growing medical educational platform today, Medical Channel Asia, uh, to let people at least have access to the credible, authentic, as you mentioned, and well-studied views of a professional, right? And I think that the entire medical and healthcare industry has a part to play in ensuring that they put out as much information as the detractors are putting out, right? It is everybody's goal now. Of course, at the end of the day, putting this you know, kind of information out can lead to great marketing results. For example, awareness, right? Publicity, all this is, is, is helpful to everyone. But the first and foremost uh, push and reason why you're doing it has to be correct, right? And I think you've got to understand that the, the concept around education and awareness uh, is something that is too understated in the medical industry. Mm. Now, Jason, like when I'm on TikTok, sometimes I come across um, some medical professionals, some doctors, even nurses dispensing medical information. And I just wonder, you know, there are some who are just stars at it. And then there are some who just seem reluctant, but are there to clear the air, you know, to set things straight. Right. So I, I'm, I'm just wondering how medical professionals have taken to becoming 
KOLs or, or influencers uh, on social media, you know, and, and do they feel like they should be out there leveraging on social media, uh, leveraging on digital marketing to get more information out there? How have they taken to this new role? First of all, I want to say that I love all of them, regardless of whether they are reluctant or super happy to do it. Okay. Because they are feeding the same narrative that let the people with the education and the and the correct qualifications about the topic talk about the topic okay i think that's very important i think it feeds into a bigger narrative as a whole about how social media has allowed people who are not qualified to be speaking about certain things uh, to be talking about it like as though they are okay so, so this is uh, to neutralize everything right it's to neutralize and it's to touch on subjects that may not have enough awareness about. You know, there are some, there are some rare diseases. There are some things that people are dealing with, even like stigmas around, you know, uh, mental wellness and things like that. Uh, I think healthcare professionals should be the ones speaking up about it and, and giving the right information, right? But back to your question about how do they feel about it? Well, back to my my. I can only tell you anecdotally from my conversations with many, many of them um, that is as personal as whether or not you, Audrey, or I post content on TikTok, right? Um, not everyone is cut out to be a TikTok star. Not everyone is cut out to speak directly into a, into a camera and, and make it look fun and interesting, all right? But then some people are. You are amazing at speaking on a microphone, sometimes in a room looking at nobody, right? Uh, some, some doctors can do that and some right. doctors can't, right? So it's very personal. And I think that at the end of the day, you will notice that like in any other uh, social setting, uh, the people who actually can are the minority. Now, Jason, just to wrap up, um, now we know that it is possible to digitally market healthcare and pharma, uh, but do you have any guidelines to share or warnings, you know, for medical professionals, for those in the pharma and healthcare space to do this ethically, to do this safely and to do this with integrity? Yeah. I go back to my earlier point that I said that the mindset shift with regards to why you're using uh, digital marketing has to happen first. You need to realize that everything that you're doing is with the main goal and purpose of educating people about certain uh, issues in the medical world, whether it be uh, stigmas to, to disease awareness and to treatment options, right? Uh, I think those are the, that's the key guideline, first of all. You know, the, the, the other guidelines that you need to understand from that point onwards are quite technical and they are available in, you know, the guidelines released from the governing bodies. But some of the key ones that you should be aware about are things like, for example, uh, Branded drugs can should you you can never name a drug by its brand name, right? That's pretty pretty standard, and that's pretty understandable why. Um, I like things where healthcare professionals are. Um, told that they can't refer to themselves in superlatives you know you can't say i'm the best cardiologist right or i'm the best orthopedic surgeon you might be but you can't say it yeah. <laughs> so that's something that i think uh you know is, is a general guideline so don't use superlatives of any kind don't call yourself the first the best or things like that unless you know really historically you are the first at something that's that's fine as well and be ready to back it up now, i think another interesting one that i think was was produced in order to kind of mm, you know work with the aesthetic industry a little bit right uh one of the heaviest users of uh, digital advertising as a as a 
as a practice uh, is that you can't post before and after pictures, you know, and you can't make claims uh, about what procedures can do for you, right? And I think those are all very good. And, you know, my very first statement, right, that I'm, I'm actually think these regulations are there for a good reason, and I respect them. And my, my job as a, a digital marketing consultant is actually to work with um, the, the, our friends in the, in, the, in the medical industry and to find solutions uh, around these, these uh, guidelines in order to still uh, convey some messages that they need to. Right. Jason, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Now, for everyone listening who would like to learn more about Strat Guys and the work you do, maybe you can give them um, your website. Yes. Uh, the first website that I would like you to check out one day is uh, medicalchannelasia.com. Uh, it's really uh, flying and it's really because of the partnership that we've had with many great uh, healthcare professionals. Uh, I uh, am from Strat Guys, so our company's website is uh, stratguys, S-T-R-A-T-G-E-I-S-T.com. Uh, check us out if you ever want any or need any social media consultation. We'd we'll love to chat. Right. And if you missed out on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website. That's bfm.my. You can also find all our podcasts on the brand new BFM app that's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. I've been speaking with Jason Lim, the CEO of StratGuys. My name is Audrey Raj and you've been listening to Resource Centre on Enterprise BFM 89.9. listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.